What is up, everybody? Welcome to Take 32 of Take It On, the mental health podcast for young men. I'm Jonah Jacobs, joined with Reed Milkins and special guest Blake Bauer, the author of the international bestseller, You Were Not Born to Suffer, a meditation master, and an expert in countless wellness trainings. Blake, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Super excited for you to be here. Ever since we had the pleasure of meeting you at Live Cadman's event uh, for the Ask for Help Foundation, you've been a real inspiration for us continuing our work in the space. And it's been a real joy to hear about your, your background and your teachings. And we and I have a million different questions we want to ask, but they all sort of boil up to how does one find self-acceptance and, and happiness? Beautiful. So do you want to dive right into that? Let's go right. Topic. Okay. So, you know, when I started on this journey, when I was 18 years old, I had no idea how to accept myself or love myself. And it really became my life's work to understand how to do this practically in a no BS way, because you come across a lot of ideas and a lot of theories, and sometimes they're really complicated. And a little confusing. So part of my mission has been to break this down into the simplest explanation of how we do these things. And so I can take you basically step by step if you'd like. Um, so I'll name them and then we can dive into them to whatever degree you want. So the first step, you know, to this practical no BS self-acceptance or self-love is um, learning how to express your emotions and your needs honestly and kindly on a daily basis. So for example, in any situation in your life today, if you feel something or you need something and you're not expressing it, that is self-rejection, the opposite of self-acceptance. Okay. So the second one is acting in alignment or acting in integrity with what you feel and need and want. Again, let's say you feel inspired to follow your dream or your passion or follow your heart, but you stop yourself from doing it out of fear or insecurity or self-doubt. Again, you're rejecting your calling. You're rejecting your purpose. You're rejecting the instinct and the intuition that's driving you, trying to drive you forward. So again, you're rejecting yourself and you're hurting yourself, which is the opposite of self-acceptance. Okay. Step three is on a daily and weekly basis, we all need time and space to just be with our thoughts and feelings, move at our natural pace, you know, not be on a schedule, not be on a clock, um, and just find whatever brings us nourishment or brings us joy. So for example, if in your day or in your week, you have no time and space for yourself and you just get up and run from your alarm clock to one appointment to next appointment to the next appointment, you do that every day, how, how and where are you going to find time and space to listen to your instinct, your intuition, your, those subtle voices so you can then speak and act and honor that deeper part of you if you're just constantly rushing. So this is you know, another habit that we all struggle with because our, our society is so fast-paced and to survive and to thrive or achieve goals right? We feel like we always have to be on the go. We can't schedule in or have time and space. 
So again, you're rejecting yourself if you don't give yourself time and space to be your natural self, which is not scheduled. Um, the fourth uh, important step is taking care of your mind. So a lot of us have a lot of unhealthy thoughts on a daily basis, and we run from unhealthy thoughts and we, you know, maybe we smoke a bunch of pot or we drink a bunch of alcohol or we overeat or we overwork. So a lot of us find different ways to numb out, to avoid our mind and not take care of it. So when you don't take care of your thoughts and learn how to make space for all the voices in your head, you are once again, rejecting yourself and not accepting yourself. Um, the fifth core habit is uh, valuing your time and energy during the day. You know, most of us, and this is a really loaded topic, we're, you know, typically we're born into a family we don't necessarily want to be in. And then we're forced to go to school from age five to age 18 to focus on things we don't want to focus on and to be around people maybe we don't want to be with. So from a very young age, we're conditioned to be in places we don't want to be with people we don't want to be with, focusing on things we don't want to be focusing on, right, for 13 years straight. So we, be, we become conditioned not to value our time and our energy, but to betray ourselves to survive and fit in and, you know, kind of keep the peace with our parents and socially and to, you know, kind of fit in. And so as you grow, you realize how, you know, all we have is today and this present moment, our time and energy is our most valuable commodity. So if you waste it on people or situations that don't serve you, that are not healthy for you, that are not aligned with your core values or your purpose, you are again, rejecting, betraying, hurting yourself instead of accepting yourself in the, in the way of valuing your time and energy. And the very last part, which seems straightforward, but is not that straightforward for most of us is understanding how to really take care of your body because part of yourself in this lifetime is your physical self. And so all the lifestyle habits like eating healthy, drinking water, getting enough sleep, exercise. Um, and then it even goes into um, the type of deodorant you wear and the toothpaste you use, you know, how many chemicals do they have in it? Because if they have a lot of chemicals and toxins, it's bad for your health. All that is not self-love. It's self-destruction, which is the opposite of really natural, healthy self-acceptance. Um, and my, one of my overarching philosophies is that a heart or a soul that feels it doesn't matter. So when you don't accept your thoughts and your feelings, it becomes a body that doesn't feel worthy of loving care right? Because if you don't, in your heart, in your mind, you feel like you don't matter, you're not really enjoying your life, the sentiment subconsciously becomes, what's the point of taking care of my physical health and prolonging my existence if I don't really enjoy being here? So that's why I always like to start with the thoughts and the emotions. Wow, so much, so much to unpack there. <laughs> yeah, you got a masterclass in self-acceptance in five minutes. Yeah. So um, we're definitely going to have to dive in to each of those. Um, and before we do, would you be able to give the audience a little bit of background on yourself and what kind of led you down the journey to, to being able to speak so eloquently and being able to share 
these messages with the world? Absolutely. Um, so just to keep it brief, you know, I grew up in a family where, you know, there was a lot of pain, a lot of drug addiction. You know, my parents had a real bad divorce when I was young and I struggled um, so very heavily into drugs and alcohol as a teenager. And that was my way of numbing my emotions and numbing my negative thoughts. And so I got pretty out of control. And by the time I was 18, I had been arrested uh, a number of times uh, for drug possession. And then I was also, I played football in high school and was co-captain of the varsity football team with my two best friends. We all had interest to play college football. And one night, the, the summer going into senior year, I got a really bad DUI coming home one night. And I had been taking a bunch of pills and drinking and smoking pot all night. And I got to a freight train in the middle of the night. And as the car, as the train was passing, I was like falling asleep. So I put my car in park right, right in front of the guardrail and I put my head back and I fell asleep. And uh, I woke up to police knocking on the window and I rolled down the window and I said to the officer, excuse me, officer, was I driving too slow? And he said, son, you've been sitting here for like an hour with your car running lights on. I got a call from the house here at the train track. So I got arrested and my football coach didn't find out right then, but he found out in the middle of my senior season while we were doing very well and I was doing very well and I got kicked off the team. And that was my ego in high school. That was my identity. You know, it was my everything, my friends, my lifestyle, it was everything. So when I sabotaged and ruined that from my self-destructive behavior, I spiraled down in hill into a very suicidal depression. And I didn't know I was ashamed of it. And I was ashamed of what I had done. And I didn't know how to talk about it. And I had a lot of pride and I didn't know who to ask for help. So when I graduated from high school, I was tortured mentally and emotionally. I had no idea what to do with my life. And that gave rise to two questions that would, would haunt me every day, which was, how do I free myself from this suffering? And what's the purpose of my life? You know, what am I doing here? So from 18, I moved forward just trying to answer those two questions. And that led me to five different universities, led me to studying with spiritual teachers and masters, working, you know, in Chinese medicine, working, selling vitamins and supplements, whatever I could do to learn about health and healing and happiness. And, um, and then eventually I wrote my book and, um, and I've just been helping, helping people ever since. It's a really impactful story. And I, the, the, point about shedding the ego, I think resonates a lot with, with Reed and I, and it is a really, really valuable perspective for how you've completely transformed your life outside of those destructive behaviors and shed the ego. I don't know if that's an appropriate way to describe how, you know, what your kind of process of self-actualization was. I think as a segue back to the, the five habits, I'm going to latch on to, um, one of the questions you had as, as an 18 year old, which is what is the purpose of your life? How did your, your teachings and experiences unfold with that question in mind? And how did you approach answering it? Beautiful. Um, so I felt like I had come to the earth for a reason, but I didn't know what the reason was. 
And so that was there with me as I was going through my studies and my own inner healing and then my own, you know, education. And the only thing that drove me was feeling healthy and happy and then sharing that with other people to help them. And so very naturally, I just found myself sharing with people what I had learned about meditation or yoga or supplements and vitamins or how to eat right. And I was just sick and tired of superficial BS conversations and connections. So I just got real with myself. And then I got real with everybody I came in contact with. And then, you know, people just kind of started to come to me or confide in me. And it just, it just happened very organically. And it was the only thing I cared about was being well, and then talking about it and sharing it with other people. I didn't want to connect from other places. Um, and so I thought that that was my purpose was just helping people, just sharing with others what had helped me overcome my suffering. And then, but at that point, I felt like it was like 90%, like imagine you've got uh, binoculars and you zoom in and you know, when you're like, you're not, you're kind of in focus, but you're not hundred percent in focus. Like the image isn't crystal clear. That's kind of how my understanding was of this concept. So I felt like I was close, but I felt like I wasn't there yet. Like I felt like something was missing. And then I had a series of realizations where from all my training, I could see how disease and depression literally grows inside the body as a result of us never learning how to love ourselves as children. And I could just see that my own suffering and everybody I had met and dealt with that they're, if they were depressed or they had cancer or they had some kind of autoimmune disease from all my training in the sciences and alternative medicine, I could just see how literally we get sick from internalizing our emotions, from all the negative self-talk, from not knowing how to take care of ourselves. And it wasn't actually that complicated. It was very logical and very simple and very clear. And so- how do I share this with as many people as I can? And my very next thought was, I'm going to write a book. And so I thought that that was my reason for coming to the planet, for my, the purpose of my life, was to share this teaching on self-love. But it brings me to a, a more important point, which is that I still had this blind spot where I didn't feel worthy of the best things in life. I didn't feel worthy of love. I didn't feel worthy of success. I had some deep self-worth issues. So I felt like I had to have this huge mission to prove my worth to myself and to the world. And this is something a lot of people struggle with. And what I eventually came to realize was that, yes, all my work with people was an expression of my purpose. And my book was an expression of my purpose. But well, the reason we actually come to the earth is to enjoy being here and to learn about love. And it just so happens that the key to enjoying being here, the key to learning about love is learning how to love yourself because you can't enjoy being here if you don't love yourself and you can't give anybody healthy love if you don't love yourself. And so that's the secret to shaping the life you want. It's the, it's the secret to creating if you want some form of success in the outer world. If it's not coming from a place of self-love and integrity, then it's, it's not going to make you happy. It'll probably make you sick, um, which is why we hear so many stories of people who achieve crazy success, but they're not happy or they kill themselves. It's because they haven't yet learned how to love themselves deep down.
uh, one one might call a motif of this show being being your own best friend. Shout out Isaac Rothstein. Um, how totally. can we be better friends to ourselves and create that self love within within ourselves? So again, everything goes back to the six habits that I outlined in the beginning and just gently working on them every day and every week. Just, I need to just express myself a bit more today. I need to act in integrity a bit more today. I need to take a little bit more time for self-care today. I need to take care of my mind a little bit today. I need to value my time and energy a little bit today. And I got to take care of my body, this, you know, the temple for my soul, this vessel through this lifetime. So just working on those habits a little bit every day is our acts of being your own best friend instead of your own worst enemy. I think a potential barrier for, for young men, our target audience, but also for any other individual, you know, for which stigmas are particularly um, harmful, they are, they're insecure for whatever reason. Um, I, I see a world in which um, there are young men, either high school students, college students, young professionals who face these, these same questions and ask themselves them, but are still kind of stuck in some of the ways in which um, either through their social circles or kind of just like larger societal structures um, impact or discourage them from doing these things. Like the third habit, I think you cued in on well, the third habit is making time for yourself and you cued in on how just fast paced society sort of impedes that in, in a very challenging way. So I guess in a large sense for all the habits, do you have any strategies or practices that you'd recommend for young men or really anyone who's kind of dealing with an insecurity or stigma for embracing some of these ideas that they may find sort of uncomfortable to start with or uncomfortable to tell other people they're doing? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so when you keep in your truth and you don't talk about your feelings and you're not true to yourself and you don't follow your heart to try and fit in or please other people because you fear their judgment, you rejecting yourself is a million times more painful and damaging than being rejected or judged by other people. We think it's like the end of the world if people judge us or reject us. But what really does the damage is the damage we do to ourselves. And it's kind of going back to what you just said about being your own best friend. Like at the end of the day, you have to wake up with yourself and go to bed with yourself every night and look yourself in the mirror. And I love, you know, I, I am sure as you guys grapple with, I grappled with the concept of success, you know, as a young man, like what is success? Is it making millions of dollars? Is it having material things? Is it having initials after my name? Is it writing an international best-selling book or a few of them? You know, what is success? And for me, it really boils down to self-respect now. And so that is really number one. So I would use that as your true north or your compass. You know, is this choice going to lead to self-respect? And at the end of the day, that is the most valuable commodity that we have. And when you really respect yourself, and I'm sure you know this in yourself, the people around you, your friends, they respect you, even though you don't have to say it, they can, you can feel it, right? But if you're coming from an insecure place where you're seeking approval, they can feel that too. So you know, like some of the things I wish I had heard were, 
you know, what other people think of you is not their problem, is not your problem. And if your supposed friends and colleagues want to judge you and criticize you, well, fuck them because they're not real friends, right? Because a real friend, someone you want to have in your life is going to be like, brother, I get it, man. I'm struggling with the same stuff. Or you go do what you got to do to be healthy and happy and take care of your mental health and figure your life out because that's what matters, you know? Um you know, for, so when I got, when I, I got clean, when I was 18, I stopped drinking and I stopped getting high. And I mean, I was a out of control partier and my friends at first would make fun of me and I'd still go out socially and I'd bring a big thing of water and they'd call me the water boy, you know, to like, you know, mess with me. And then, um, you know, then when I wrote my book, eventually they were like, holy shit, like this just kicked my ass. It just made me like, look at my life so seriously, you know? And, Today, we're all still friends and they have families and kids and, you know, I love them. And, you know, even though when we were young and maybe a little bit more immature, you know, that kind of stuff came up, but the truth reveals itself along the way. So just make self-respect number one. And um, if someone wants to judge you or criticize you, they can get fucked. I think the the whole portion of self-respect and how that creates respect amongst your friends for you is is so true and it's kind of a great way to understand who is important to surround yourself with at the start you were talking about how for the first however many years of our life we're kind of forced to be around people that we don't want to be around focusing on things that we don't want to focus on but an important aspect of qualifying those people who you would like to spend your time around is whether they can recognize that you are who you are. And if you respect yourself, then like you said, they will, they will share that respect for you. Um, how would you say that more conversation can be created amongst friends? If you're having trouble talking about what you're struggling with, and maybe it's not super intense feelings of depression or anxiety. A lot of men just generally struggle with uh, expressing their feelings and, and expect, especially making themselves vulnerable to their friends. How can we become more comfortable doing that? Well, I think that if, if we always wait for the other person to do it, right, we can wait forever. So someone has to be the one to break the ice. Someone has to be the one to have the courage to be vulnerable and be like, you know, I'm really struggling with my breakup, you know, like certain, like for example, relationships or something that are very common that sometimes we talk about, sometimes we don't, or, you know, work, right. I'm just not happy at work, but I'm scared to leave, you know, so it's always, you set the tone. You know, we, we each have to take responsibility for setting that tone, um, you know, so, you know, if you have close friends, I just encourage you to just be vulnerable, you know, and the other thing, I think another good tool is um, to ask, you can ask questions, just like, just if you really care about a buddy, just be like, how are you doing? If you like, cause you can sense, right. Typically if someone's struggling with something or, you may not know what, but just ask them, like, how are you doing okay? 
you know, or like what's up with work or what's up with your girlfriend or what's up with your parents or, you know, like I think back even now, like, you know, at this point in my life, I can tell when my buddies are struggling. And when I think back, like you knew, I think you can see behaviors in some of your friends, like if they're drinking a lot or getting high a lot, or, you know, they just seem a bit out of control. So you can be the one to share and then be the one to ask the question, just like, are you okay? Or you can say things like, you know, like if you ever need to chat, you know, I'm here for you. I mean, for example, like you could pick like a, like a Tony Robbins book or a, a book on success or personal development that resonates with guys and have like a group, you know, like some, make it something like a male book group. You call it like, call it a mastermind, you know, like make it something that's cool, you know, that will resonate with your, you know, your guys. Like one of my buddies has invited me for years to be a part of a mastermind. And that comes from a very, the, the most famous self-help book in the world actually is called Think and Grow Rich. This book, uh, Think and Grow, are multiple people's minds. And when you talk about ideas uh, together, as opposed to you know, just on your own. So make it a mastermind on a topic of like, you know, um, you know, just like just killing it in what in life, you know, you can make it about like where you guys want to move, like your own little success mastermind or growth mastermind, you know, and, and invite your friends. And if they want to join, they join. If they don't, they don't, you could have like a WhatsApp text group, for example. And it's a place for, growth and you know if you're you need to reach out if you need help for example um so yeah do that does that seem relevant that seems yeah, awesome absolutely. i'm just looking up thinking grow rich and i'm seeing if i can get a few copies for for my friends to do this i love it like absolutely it's beautiful it talks about like how henry ford built ford um it talks about napoleon hill uh, was was commissioned by Andrew Carnegie to interview the most successful wealthy men in America. And he spent like, I think 20 years writing this book, compiling their thinking. And he outlines the path to success that these all these guys used. And the basic premise is that you need to have a clear vision of what you want. You need to have a plan to get there and you need to have a burning desire to achieve it. And so that's why you need, that's why discovering your true North, your, I like the saying, you know, one of the best pieces of advice I ever heard, which I would love to share with you guys is find your craft and master it, find your craft and master it of everything I've heard. It's probably like the best piece of advice in terms of finding your purpose and walking your true path. Um, Cause there's so many different theories and everybody's got an opinion but find your craft, the thing you love, the thing you feel good at, you feel confident in, and just go be the best at it. So, um, yeah. You got awesome quotes, Blake. I love it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start writing these down, looking up them, like daily motivation. And um, I'm curious, I wanna dive a little deeper into your, your specific craft, because I know you, are well-versed in different forms of meditation in nutritional health and science. Um, 
is there a particular one that you would say is, is your craft or is there one that you've found particular benefit from that you'd want to um, share that could be maybe more scalable to, to our audience? Absolutely. I mean, there's so many great things out there. Um, for example, when I was 18 and going through everything, I had, uh, you know, playing football, I had built up this huge body. You know, I had um, a huge chest and huge legs, and that was a big part of my ego and my identity. And one day I was in the gym lifting way too much weight and I herniated two discs in my back completely. And I fell to the ground and I couldn't get up and then I couldn't walk and I couldn't move and I couldn't sleep and I couldn't shower. It was the most painful thing. But that led me to get acupuncture for the first time. And that led me to start doing uh, hot yoga. And I became addicted to hot yoga. Um, so yoga is great if you haven't tried it. It's amazing for your strength, helps you lose weight. It's good for your mind. Um, acupuncture is great if you haven't tried it yet. Um, sitting meditation is a big part of my life and practice, you know, learning to train my mind really saved my life. So I encourage everybody to try some serious meditation practice because if, here's the secret. When you wake up in the morning and you have all those voices in your head and you have those thoughts, right? Those thoughts create your day and they create your reality. So if you wake up and you just let those horses we call it a metaphor we use is that our mind is like a wild horse. And if you've got 10 different thoughts and 10 different voices, when you wake up like me, then those horses are dragging you all over the place and you have no control. But if you can learn some simple Buddhist or Zen meditation and focus on your breathing and keep coming back to your body, um, you can train your mind. And if you think about it, one thought created the atomic bomb, right? So one thought could destroy the planet or one thought has created airplanes, Zoom, the, you know, a MacBook or the internet, right? Think about how powerful just like one thought, one insight is, right? So your thoughts are super powerful. So if you train your mind and the morning is the secret time to do it, because that's when you start creating your day, there is literally nothing that you can't achieve or accomplish, but you have to put in the work to train your mind. It's just like if you want biceps or you want whatever you want, you got to do those reps. It's the same with mind training and meditation. You got to put in the time and all you need is 10 minutes in the morning. And um, I actually, the, the links I sent you guys on social media, I'm getting ready to release a big campaign, but when it goes live, I'll send you this 10 to 15 minute meditation for you guys to check out. And then if you want to share it with your following, you can, cause it's, this is how you do it. Just sit down, shut up and do this. So there's no excuse. Like, I don't know what to do, where to go, how to do it. It's all BS, all excuses. Just do this. Um, so those have been uh, really helpful. And then again, like I said, I did you know, dozens of trainings, all kinds of techniques, but everything I then realized was in the context of me learning how to love and take care of and value myself. And that really is the path. It doesn't matter if what you want to do with your life, whether you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a father, learning how to actually love and care for and value yourself is the secret to being successful in your field, to having a great marriage, creating a beautiful family, it's the key.
well said and as you as you said about how powerful one thought could be it kind of instantly rang a bell as uh, at, at the start of the conversation when you were saying today i need to work on building a stronger body today i need to work on strengthening my mind and then when i had asked about creating conversation among friends even though you were just saying exa examples when you said hey i'm really struggling those words were really powerful like all just examples, but hearing them just sounds powerful. Um, so self-talk, like we were talking about with, with being a better friend to ourselves, to create that self-love, we have to talk positively to ourselves. Those horses in our heads, those need to be positive thoughts. If someone is struggling with those horses being negative and dragging them down, what can they do to start ramping those up and, and getting them in a better direction? A couple of things. So just to reiterate, meditation is the most powerful tool you will ever find. So you can go on, um, there's Headspace. I'm sure you guys have probably heard of Headspace. Yeah. Calm, Calm app. So download Calm, download Headspace, start doing meditations at least 10 minutes in the morning every day. It'll help so much. And then this is a hard one, but this is super powerful. And if you guys haven't done this, I encourage you to, to do it tonight. Go in your bathroom and just look in your eyes and say, I love you. And don't look away. And, and you're just with yourself, so nobody's going to judge you. But you're going to see all your shit. You're going to see all your judgment. You're going to see all your shame. You're going to see all your stuff come up. But you just go look in the mirror. You can say your first name. And you look in those eyes. And you tell yourself, I love you in the same way you've ever wanted your dream girl or anybody to tell you that they love you. You go and you look in your own eyes and you say, I love you. And most people, you can be the toughest motherfucker, will be so scared and so uncomfortable. But this is the key because you got to develop that relationship with yourself. And for me, when I, the first time I did that was so powerful. You know, you know, you, we talk about pep talks and hyping ourselves up. Like that's where, that's like the secret sauce. If you can look in your eyes and be like, you know, Blake, I love you. You know, I got you, you got this, you're going to be okay. When you can talk to yourself on that level, that's where you become pretty, you know, um, invincible in a healthy way. So I love you. Go look in the mirror. I love you. And, and it's like, oh, well, I can't say that. Like, that's fucking whatever, you know, like nobody else is there, dude. So nobody's judging you. So <laughs> even if they are, fuck them, right? I agree. And so you're just going to see your own self-consciousness, your own self-judgment very clearly because who else is there to judge you? Nobody. It's just you. And then when you do this, you doing it, that act of self-love literally eats the shame. It eats the judgment. So you choosing to do it eats the fear. It eats the block. So just keep doing it. And then lastly, on your question, we, and I know you guys share this, exercise has always made me feel better. So even when I'm feeling negative and I have negative thoughts or I'm feeling down, I go to the gym, I lift weights, or I even just walk on the treadmill for a half hour or an hour and get those 
the blood flowing, the energy flowing, the hormones releasing, and I feel so much better. So that movement, right? None of us want to be stuck, right? And in Chinese medicine, depression and disease can be boiled down to stuck energy, stuck blood, and stuck emotion. So stuck energy, stuck blood, and stuck emotion. So go move. So you get your energy, your blood, and your emotion unstuck. And then it keeps things flowing while you deal with, you know, while you learn affirmations, while you learn meditation, while you learn emotional intelligence, while you practice these habits. A really quick clarification question on the, on the meditation piece. I've been trying to integrate uh, somewhat regular. Um, I've been much better about it now. My regular meditation practice in my in my life. And I found, um, I read this book, Atomic Habits last August, and it's really helped me when I try to build a new habit or create a change in my life. And so I've integrated the technique of habit stacking of, uh, you know, to build a new habit, you build it off of an existing habit. And so when I, when I go to the gym, I love to go in the sauna or the steam room afterwards. And I've found that that has been a very, appropriate and almost like challenging way to meditate. Like, and I'm like, you know, drip and sweat. If I can like kind of channel my, my mind, then it's almost like even more powerful. So I like to do this in the morning after my workout, when you say to meditate in the morning, um, is that a, like right when you wake up or is it kind of before you like begin your day, I guess, like how, how would you sequence it in an ideal world? So it would be you get up if you need to go to the bathroom go to the bathroom have a little water and then meditate got it first thing yeah first thing and you could do both it doesn't have to be either or in terms of your sequence that you love at the gym but if you wake up tomorrow morning and you try 10 minutes of meditation before you do anything before you look at your phone before you have coffee or eat or do anything you'll realize how powerful your mind is and how much you want to run away from yourself and if you can tame that, you can do anything. That's powerful. Because it's inertia, right? Our habits have inertia. So you wake up, right? You're out of bed and you're just in the inertia of that habit. And if what if those habits aren't serving you? You got to try something different. So this is the different. So right when you say that, it kind of goes back to your your video that you're going to create about like, where do I start? What do I do? If I want to wake up tomorrow morning and first thing I do before I even look at my phone, anything, I want to meditate for 10 minutes and check it out. I've, I've never really meditated before intentionally. What do I do? Well, I'm going to give you a video to use. Okay. You actually already have it. I, I gave you a sneak peek. It's in your inbox. Okay. Um, it's at the last link. It's this, the, it says like 15 minute meditation. So go use that cool. for listeners before this episode comes out. Um, I would check out headspace or calm app and just look for a 10 minute mindfulness meditation to do when you wake up. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Jones, we run some, take it on trivia. Yeah. Yeah. Before we do that though, Blake, Holy shit. This has been incredible. Like just such a <laughs> reaffirming conversation for why Reed and I do this, why this matters so much and how valuable and truly transformative it is to make these. It, I mean, it's, there are huge changes, but the just 10 minutes of your morning can change your, your mind and your life. Like that is, it is so simple and so subtle, but so powerful. And I just, 
I love it. As someone who is just situated in, in the workforce and, you know, has competing inertias, um, it is great to have this as a strong counterbalance to some of the, uh, some of the other influences that I may, that may come off my daily life. So thank you. Um, oh, you're so welcome. I'm horrible at trivia just as a heads up. So. Well, this is perfect because we get, you know, it's pretty off brand trivia. It's not an accurate description of where you okay. it off. Yeah. So, what are, are, are you reading right now or are you currently writing anything new? Both. Um, I am working on a new book, which is um, on these similar concepts. Um, I published my book in 2012, the first edition. So it's been 10 years now. And um, you learn a lot in 10 years. You grow a lot more than you realize in 10 years. So I want to write the next book that will just be a more even more efficient, more practical guide for people. And then um, I've been reading a lot about startups. Um, I, I have a new idea to create an online platform for mental health and wellness that I never thought I could see myself doing, but I'm researching that at the moment because, you know, when I started on my journey, you know, like when I was 18, we didn't have smartphones yet you know, and we didn't have these great laptops. And then while I was following the path of writing books and doing interviews and going on TV, technology blew up and has become such a big part of our life, but it's very toxic for a lot of people. And social media is pretty toxic for a lot of people. So I'm researching creating something that would be a very healthy spin on this thing that is central to our lives now. Um, so I've been reading a lot about that. So actually, I read a book by Peter Thiel, who founded PayPal, yep. called Zero to One. Have you read that book? I've not. I've not. It's but so I, good. I listen to a lot of people who love Peter Thiel. So good. I, it's on, I listen to it on audio, like at the gym and while I'm driving. It is so good. I highly recommend it. What is your favorite movie? Well, my favorite movie. It's, I, I like a lot of movies. The main one that comes to mind and if you haven't seen it, I encourage you to watch it. It's called The Fountain, and it's by Darren Aronofsky. And it follows a man and a woman through three different lifetimes, and they're soulmates in three different lifetimes. And um, it's pretty powerful. Check it out. That's awesome. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's on iTunes and I don't know if it's on Netflix, but like Amazon Prime and it's amazing. It'll blow your mind. You, you'll watch it over and over. Sweet. Um, when you are not practicing meditation, leading retreats, writing books, reading books, or, you know, at the, at the gym, what can we see Blake doing? Uh, I love sitting and having coffee. Um, I love the stock market. Um, yeah, probably those two things. Just you know, hanging out with friends or family. Nice. I also love a nice, nice cup of drip coffee. Um, <laughs> and lastly, who, who are your role models? Who do you look up to? Who provides you your greatest source of information or inspiration? That's interesting. Um, it's a loaded question. There are some people I really love and respect. Like I love, uh, Anthony Robbins. I think he's just like this superhuman, how he 
fills a stadium and helps a stadium of people a few times a year. I mean, he's, he is just like a beast of, you know, impact, which is just beautiful. And I love people like uh, Oprah and I love Brene Brown. Um, and I like, you know, there's a lot of thought leaders that I really respect, but this was a big lesson for me when I was on my path. And even today, you know, I was always looking for a teacher or a mentor that embodied this perfect balance of awareness and mindfulness and spirituality. But like really one of the big lessons that I learned, which I feel is really important to, to have a sense for is that, you know, I was looking for this ideal mentor or this ideal teacher, and I never really came across that person. And what I realized was that I had to become what I was looking for. So if you're looking for love, you have to become love. If you're looking for happiness, you have to become happiness. If you're looking for respect, you have to become respect. If you're looking for success, you have to become success. So I, I realized like I had to grow into that ideal vision of what a mentor or teacher would be for me. And then over time, I became that. And I think I'm still, I'm still growing into that person that, you know, to me would represent the highest version of myself and the legacy I want to leave to the world and the father I want to be or the husband I want to be. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming that always, you know, like constantly. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that, you know, that's kind of my, my major truth in that regard. It's brilliant. It's a great knowledge bomb. I think that is a, I think that's a great place to wrap up. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you, Blake. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. Really, really appreciate you. Having-